Welcome, everybody, to the Chinchilla Picking Podcast. It is December 21st, 2021. As always, we hope to be entertaining, educational, and uplifting because we want everyone to make money. My name is David Underwood, and I'm here with Brandon Beaver. Brandon, how are you, man? Good. How about you? I'm doing well. It's four days for Christmas. You can call this our Christmas show or a holiday show, whatever you want to call it. Happy holidays. I say happy Christmas. I say both, actually. So, you know, do what you want. You know, it's it's America, but uh, enjoy it nonetheless. Yeah. Enjoy it. Enjoy this time with family. So, well, we just I just landed a job that I think is going to be a great opportunity. And it looks like so far I'm going to be starting on January 3rd. So we decided to take a last minute impromptu vacation to Universal Studios. I leave on December 26th, come back on December 31st. Not a lot of time to plan. Um, and last minute flights are very expensive right now. Surprisingly, they're all booked up. And I was up until four o'clock in the morning trying to plan this vacation and get the ticket spot, get the hotel lined up. It, it was it was a pain, but I guess that's good for the economy right now that these hotels that I was trying to book, first of all, we were trying to book uh, the Adventura Hotel in Orlando and we weren't able to do that. Um, but that was because their, I guess their website was not updated. So they thought they had a vacancy, but they did not. So they had to give us a refund and then I had to find another hotel, but we're going, we're going to enjoy it. It's going to be fun. And I will report back with how packed the plane was or wasn't or whatever. And we'll see how the travel industry is doing and uh, how Universal Studios is doing. Right. Yeah. Go do that uh, Hogwarts uh, theme park there, Harry Potter. Right. Yeah. I'm jealous. I want to see that place. I haven't been. I would love to see that place. Sounds like fun, man. Sounds like fun. And just for you guys listening at home, we are not going to be just the David solo show. We do have a guest speaker coming on. Um, It is official. Nick Young will be making another appearance on the show. This will be his second appearance, I believe. So Nick Young, we look forward to having you back next week. Uh, I know he listens uh, as well as a bunch of other people. Brandon, I'll tell you this before, right before we, I, I know I want to hurry up and get the show like you. I don't like a lot of fluff, but I do. I will say this. I did get a little bit of feedback saying, Hey, you guys were really going after each other last week in that podcast. And I was like, well, was it good or bad? Did you enjoy the discussion? Did you get something out of it? And everybody said it was good. It was, it That's was good. entertaining and they also pulled something out of it. So we were entertaining and educational. We just need to be uplifted now. And we've got our motto. So <laughs> <laughs> um, there you go. We, 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 we accomplished two out of three for that one week. Uh, right? we're, we're growing really well. The last two weeks, the numbers have been, have been off the charts. Keep it up, guys. If you're listening right now and you're hearing Brandon say that, please, if you're enjoying the show and you you like what we have to say, uh, tell other people about it. Share it. Follow us on Instagram. Follow us on uh, Stocktwits. Brandon does the Stocktwits. You know, um, he, he's all about it. He enjoys that. So reach out. Hit the subscribe button on Apple Podcast or Spotify. That yeah. way you have our episodes right away when you get into the car on uh, Wednesday morning. There you go, man. There you go. I like it. All right. What do you say we get into it, guys? Rules, rules, rules. Uh, Brandon and I get together before the show, and we tell each other what we're going to talk about. We do not discuss it. You hear the live discussion here from the show, such as last week where we disagreed. So, you know, this week's kind of more interesting. It's more of an informational from what I gather because Brandon's got a big chunk of meat. 
that was uh, to be continued from last week on SPACs. And what is SPACs? What's the world of SPACs? It's not Spanx. It's SPACs. So don't get it confused. All right. Brandon, take it away, man. All right. So what are SPACs? It's a special purpose acquisition company, also known as a blank check company. This is a shell corporation that's listed on the stock exchange with the purpose of acquiring a private company and thus making it public without going through the traditional initial public offering process. The SPAC manager is given a specific period of time to find a suitable investment for the money raised. And if the investment is not found, the money um, is then returned to investors. So they go public. The idea is that you can't really have a target company yet, but once you go public and then you get the money, then you can start searching for a company to target. Now, if the, if the manager finds an investment, it then goes to a shareholder vote. If it passes the vote, the money is then invested into the pro, a proposed company, but a large portion is lost to fees, which is why some investors believe the SPAC process to be too risky. The SPAC investors enter into the investment already with a loss of capital, and I'll explain why in a minute. Uh, not to mention the fact that there's an incentive that the SPAC manager is going to find a company almost no matter what, because other if they don't, they're going to return the money to the shareholders, even if the investment is maybe not such a good idea. He's going to try to sell it to shareholders as such. And, and here I want to be quoting directly. I'm going to be quoting uh, directly from a, a Seeking Alpha article written by Dan, uh, Dane, I'm sorry, Dane Bowler, and he's an author of Income Portfolio Solutions. And, and I'll post the article here in the show notes as well. As a SPAC combines with a target company, additional shares are created for the SPAC manager. These shares are known as the promo. And while the size of the promo varies, it's often around 20% of the shares that the SPAC bought. For ease of math, let's say it is $100 million SPAC that buys $100 million worth of shares from the target company. And signing the deal, the target company gives $20 million of shares to the SPAC manager. He lays out the math like this. If there, if there was no promo, the SPAC investors would get X shares, right? But with the promo, the SPAC investors are getting Z shares and the SPAC manager is getting Y shares. So this would be Z plus Y equals X and Y is 20% of Z. So immediately the shareholders are only getting 80% of their value at most. And that's only if there's a promo, correct? There always is almost in, SP in SPACs, almost every single okay. So you're entering- I just want to verify. You're entering into the, uh, the investment already with a loss. So adding up the percentage fee and the flat fee and the promo, about 25% of the investor's capital is going towards enriching the SPAC manager. So immediately, you're 75 to 80% of your investment, and that's it. You, you've lost about 20 to 25% of the cash that you've put into this investment. So this is why I say stay away from SPACs. Once they've hit the market, then you might be able to find them for a value, but, but doing it um, prior to them finding a company and completing the merger is never a good idea. This is why I'm telling people to stay away from Digital World Acquisition Company, DWAC, because it hasn't happened with them yet. They haven't merged with Trump Media or whoever they're going to merge with yet. 
So you got. I think you stay away from this because you're automatically going into this with a twenty to twenty five percent loss. All right. So a couple questions, man. I mean, when when I go in and I put my money in four hundred one k, I know a percentage of that money that I make is going to be going to fees. Yeah. Of my account is going to fees, no matter what, right? Yeah. I, I assume that risk. That's fine. When I buy a stock and it, and it drops, you know, I, I am a, and I hold it or I lower my cost basis. I'm, I'm assuming that risk there. Do you, do you think that as as any of these spacs ever not returned back that twenty five percent when they entered into uh, buying the company? I mean, I, I actually didn't do the research on the numbers of that, but. Well, I mean, because my, my question is, like, if they're all giving that money back and then some, then it is worthwhile. But if if it's 50-50 or, you know, if there's a percentage of them that aren't, then, yeah, now you got to now you got to really well, dig in and see if this is for you. Listen, we've been in a bull market, and I think that that the fact of the matter is that investors are going to wake up to this 20 to 25 percent that you're paying at, um, for. And, and I don't think it's a good idea to do it. And we've had we've had an incredibly hot market for SPACs in 20 and uh, 2020 and 2021. And I don't think it's going to continue um, because I don't think the math makes sense. And I don't think a lot of retail investors understand that yet. No, a lot of retail investors yeah. don't understand. I, I think a lot of people who have brokerage firms that handle their money for them don't understand it and they don't know what they're investing in. I, I think a lot of people don't understand what SPACs are and, and what they're invested in. I know CNBC covered it every day for like uh, about a year ago. And they were talking about SPACs every other day and, and Fox business and, and cheddar and all the networks were Bloomberg, but uh, you know, nobody's talked about it much since they first appeared on the market. And now it's just kind of like, Hey, you should know what a SPAC is. Well, no, not everyone knows what a SPAC is. No. You, you, and I didn't know it until about two weeks ago. So um, and, and that's why I'm glad I'm glad a Brandon that you and I do this show together, because when you start researching something and you figure out something, you, you inform us all about what it is and, and truly what, what, how, what are the fees? What are the consequences? What are, what are maybe not the fees? What are, what, how much return can we get? You know, mm-hmm. is there a pension fund in Japan running this thing? You know what I mean? I mean, that, you know, I, I love that about you, but I, I wonder because a lot of people keep pouring money into this. I wonder if most of them are giving back a good return and that's why they keep appearing. Or is it they keep appearing because the people who start them get a good return and they want to keep producing them? Just because it has happened in the past doesn't mean that it's going to continue happening in the future. And I mean, if you just look, the, the numbers just simply don't add up on it. And the bear came out of hibernation right there. <laughs> so I think this is a product of, of a bull market that's in its late stages, and uh, I would stay away from them. Oh, I'll, I'll, I'll 100% agree with you. It is a product of a heavy bull market and a big bull run. And I, I don't know if it's in its late stages or early stages, though, and, and that's where I question. I can't say I disagree with you. I can't say I agree with you. I, I just I don't know enough of the details and the numbers to have an opinion so i question i have questions that are not answered when in doubt side with me <laughs> weren't you the one that did our, our whole our very first podcast guys go back to our very first podcast ever 
and just listen to it for like 15 minutes and you'll you'll have the saying in your head that bonds are oh, dead <laughs> i'm still I, and you know what i had a target at two percent for the 10 year by the end by the end of this year that's not happening and it's blowing my mind right now and i mean i think this is subject for a future show but still sitting at 1.47 1.48% right around that area for that 10 year yield and we're entering into a into a uh, environment where the fed's going to be raising interest rates so it's going to be very interesting to see what's going to happen next year but, but they haven't yet and we haven't hit the recession yet um or you know we haven't hit a correction yet so i mean all those things that would cause the bonds people to start moving money into bonds hasn't happened yet. Well, yes, there's talk of all that stuff happening, but it hasn't happened yet. Well, so I want to so yes, go I ahead. Correct you real quick because the, the interest rates are so low because people have moved into bonds, and that's what's driven the ten year uh, rate down because the demand for it's so high they don't have to pay an interest rate that means anything because. And I don't know that it's actually the individual investor that's moving into the 10-year yield or moving into uh, bonds. I just think it's the Federal Reserve still buying a ton of them, even though they've started the tapering process. So maybe that's what it is. Maybe it's a tapering. Maybe they'll, they'll let up on that, and then the interest rates will start to rise. Again, I'm surprised they haven't gone further than what they have, but it's bound to happen. They need to stop the tapering altogether. If you ask me, it's it's propping up the economy falsely. You're seeing false numbers, and thus you're you're not trading correctly. You you can't trade this market how we used to trade it with all this pump going in day day out. I, I never when I first started trading the stocks, I never had this much pump going into the market from the Fed, from the government. I I I had to struggle actually knowing the fundamentals and researching and. And finding things, you know, via Scott trade and and I think think or swim was around back then. But I mean, like it's it's now it's like it, everything pumped up from governments that you could you, it's it's hard not to find a winner every now and then. Yeah, and debt is cheap right now, which is great for um, great for the no growth or uh, not no growth, but no profit, high growth uh, tech companies. Uh, but as 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 those rates start to go up, then we're we're going to start to see. You know, companies that don't have earnings, those values are going to come down. So, I mean, if you, I, I'm not a bear on tech altogether, but I am a bear on tech that has been trading based on future earnings. First of all, because the debt, uh, the cost of debt is going to go up. Second of all, inflation is eating those future earnings away. So, if you're paying for those future earnings, the m- amount of money that you're giving to them for the for, for the future earnings is degenerating on a day-to-day basis. So uh, if you're in ta- tech, you know, I'm, you know, maybe I'm okay with Apple. I think it's a little bit high priced uh, right now, but the Microsofts, the Facebooks and stuff like that, that's where you want to be, not the Pelotons and not companies like that. Go ahead, Dave. Um, all right. So I agree with you and I disagree with you. So one thing I, I did not th- I take into consideration was the inflation numbers, how high it's been. And it does eat away to some of the earnings. What I do disagree with you is historically we have bought tech with future growth earnings built into the uh, um, built into the stock price. That's historically how it's always been in the stock market. That's how it, and and companies have always either produced or they you know no no longer in existence. You know I mean this is 
that's just how it works. So you have to be careful, just like when, when you're buying any company, uh, who you're buying in. But I did forget about inflation. So some of those uh, companies should come back down a little bit based off the inflation numbers. But I agree with you, too, too. Like Peloton's overpriced, but they've taken a huge hit recently. I mean, do you, do you get into a firm? Because they're technically a tech company, but yet they, you know, are a uh, layaway type, you know, financial institution. But uh, they only work with tech firms such as Amazon and so on and so forth. I mean, who, what, what do you consider tech? What, what don't you consider tech? I do like Apple personally, but at 180, I don't know if you guys heard the show about six months ago. I said 180 is a good price target to, you know, stop buying and put a hold on things. Mm-hmm. It recently hit that mark. And that's where I, I've said before I would put a hold on it. I wouldn't buy. I may even exit my positions. You know, you got to you gotta have those prices. So in six months, if you listened, it was at like 120 at that time. You know, you're at 180, you would have made 50% in six months. It's not a bad return for a long-term hold and play. Um, and for me, that's long-term. <laughs> for, I know for a lot of people that that's not long-term, but for me, that's long-term, you know? So I don't know. I don't know, man. Uh, I, I, I did not take into consideration inflation into the uh, tech companies. Yeah, who, knows what, who, knows, who knows what's going to happen to Tesla because that, defi- that stock defies all physics almost all the time. I mean, I would stay away from it right now, but I've—that's proven to be. Tesla's your unicorn, so if Brandon's saying stay away from it, I might buy now. I might buy now just because of that. That's your unicorn. <laughs> now, in, in other news, a, another uh, big symptom of a prolonged end stage of bull market, because that's where I think we're at, is uh, mergers and acquisitions. Lots of M and A activity. And a big one here because Oracle, um, they, they don't pay a lot of money for other companies. They've only had a few, but they're paying $28.3 billion for Cerner. This is still pending shareholder approval, but I think that the shareholders are going to approve this. And I'll talk about why in just a minute, but let's get into what Cerner Corporation is. It's a supplier of healthcare information technology. The company offers a range of intelligent solutions and technology-enabled services that support clinical, financial, and operational needs of organizations. Cerner runs a gross profit margin of just over 82% and a net profit margin of 9%, so so they're running pretty efficiently here. However, Oracle has about uh, only $22 billion, and I say only $22 billion, like, like that's not a lot, but only $22 billion in free cash at the end of November. So you can kind of look at this, say, well, you've got $22 billion in free cash, but you're making an acquisition of $28.3 billion. Maybe you're paying with your future earnings, but, but the problem here is that the $22 billion in free cash flow is more than offset by about $73 billion in long-term debt. So this has given them about negative fifty billion dollars really to work with. Oracle, well, you don't hold up. You don't know. You don't know the terms of the deal. How the deal is going to be done. So you, I, I would wait till I hear the numbers first before you. I say they're going to go into debt. Well, no, they're paying cash for it, and they're paying ninety five dollars a share. They will have to raise additional ca- uh, capital, I think, to finance this per- uh, this purchase. And it won't surprise me if they sold more shares onto the market. They also have a rather aggressive share buyback scheme going on. I mean, scheme in a good way. I'm not against buybacks, but 
I think they're going to have to stop the buyback program or at least slow it down as a, or if, if I was a, a Oracle shareholder, I'm not, but if I was, I would not be happy with this. I'd probably sell my shares right now, even though it's been hit. All right. So here's my question. So I just pulled up Cerner and I'm pulling them up because I, I didn't get a lot of chance. Like, like I, we tell you guys, listeners, we do not discuss these things. Uh, we just tell each other what we're going to talk about. He brought this up right before the show. I did not get a chance to look it up. I'm looking up as he's talking because he didn't mention some of these things here right now. Cerner, FYI, Cerner Corp is a profitable company. Will they make back all the money they have to borrow in the first year? And does that pay off then? And now they have a profitable company they just bought with all that cash on hand. Larry Ellison said that it'll be a credit to earnings for Oracle within the first year. So, boom, it's going to pay off the, the debt that wow. they have to accrue to buy it within that's, the first year. So it looks like it's a good play if you're playing long term like Larry Ellison does. Because, you know, uh, guys, he, he, he's a very smart guy. He's yeah. probably like, what, second or third richest person in the world, you know, up there with all the other guys. Uh, but, like, it, it, I, I don't know, man. I, I don't see it as a bad deal. I think they're pay, overpaying, like you say. But uh, in the end run, if it turns out good for them, then good for them. So this is going to be um, $95 share. Uh, $95 a share would bring Cerner to a price-to-earnings ratio of around 56 so it's pretty high. I mean, for an acquisition, and that's trailing 12 months, I think you're looking at about a PE of 30 if you're looking at a forward PE. For an acquisition, it's not, it's not incredibly high. But if I was looking at the stock individually for myself and I saw a PE of 56, I would stay away from it personally. Oh, yeah, yeah, um, you and I would too. But like but an acquisition, if they think they can they can use that as an anchor to get into the healthcare field and fight Microsoft, which just purchased Nuance, well, they're still in the process of it. But well, and this is one of the reasons why, too, you look at the Microsoft purchase of Nuance, it was just okayed by the UK, uh, I'm sorry, the EU regulators. And um, this is why I think I'm right now, like you're trading at about a 5% discount to the $95 a share price target. But you can maybe look at this as a bond. I don't think that Cerner's shareholders are going to decline this. This has been about a 20% increase since the rumor hit the market. So if, if the Cerner shareholders declined it, you'd probably lose 20% again. So I don't think they're going to. And, and Microsoft just getting their approval from the EU for buying Nuance. It's a very, very similar acquisition here. I think they've paved the road for this acquisition to be approved as well. If the EU is going to approve it, then certainly the U.S. regulators will as well. Uh, not, not always, but yeah, yeah, you're correct. 99% of the time, yes. Now, here, here's the thing. Like you mentioned Microsoft and Nuance and, you know, you know, GE's in the medical field. They have medical devices. Um, there's big players in the medical field for a lot of other uh, uh, technology groups. Intuitive Surgical is a great company to buy and own if you, if you long term, if you have the, the money for it. But uh, I, I mean... Here's, here's my thought is that these companies are trying to expand, you know, Microsoft, uh, a lot of cloud. That's where they get most of their profit from every year. Cloud services, web services, boom, is a money maker for Microsoft. And it's made the money consistently over the last five years. And they've grown because of that, because that's produced the, the cash to go out and do all these other stuff. Now, Microsoft also has these government contracts with, you know, I, I mentioned on the show a few, a few weeks back about VR with uh, the HoloLens and, the United States uh, military and using the HoloLens to use uh, drones and robots to fight for us instead of people and all that kind of stuff and help them see the battlefield better. And 
you know, Microsoft is getting into every aspect of your life. You're going to see these umbrella corporations. If you're a gamer, you know what I mean? Umbrella-like corporations now popping up in the United States of, of Google, Microsoft, Oracle, and so forth that are in every aspect. And you're going to have soon, like you see in China right now, you have a Baidu city. Mm-hmm. When, when are we going to have our Microsoft city or our Google city or Apple city? And what citizen are you of? You know what I mean? I mean, where, where, do, we, where do we take this? Or am I just going too too off the deep end philosophically here? <laughs> but I know it. I mean, we were like what five, probably ten years away from the uh, metaverse from taking over our lives. Um, right. So, so how do we make money off this? Do you, are you saying that we? You're saying by did you you bought Cerna? I bought right? Cerna, and I know it's only five percent, but I think that this is almost a guarantee. Again, I don't think that uh, I did the same thing with Nuance earlier this year, and I didn't have to wait. You know, I. I the, the deal still processing for Microsoft and nuance, but I'm already out of it. And I still got my 5% uh, profit. And what out. price, what but, price point did you get in on Cerner? Uh, $90 even. Nine, okay. Nice. All right. So, so, yeah. And that's about where it's sitting right now. So, I mean, I was surprised by it. I put in a limit order for $90 and 25 cents, which is exactly 5%. And yeah. I got $90. So I was like, Hey, good, good job. TD Ameritrade. Thanks for that. Even though it was trading, <laughs> it was trading at like $90 and 30 cents. I don't know if, if there was a low liquidity there or what, but I got a better deal than what the market was offering. So, and analysts at CFRA, they cover Cerna. They give it a hold rating right now, just because of this deal that's happening. Uh, it had a buy rating, but it was trading in the $70 range when it had a buy rating. So, and this is analysts at CFRA. They say that Cerna will operate as an independent business unit within Oracle and serve as an anchor asset for Oracle's move into the healthcare space. Cerna shares jumped nearly 13% on Friday, I think that was December 17th, after initial reports of the acquisition, at which point we lowered our opinion to hold from buy with far less upside potential for Cerna and our view. The deal is expected to close during the calendar year 2022, pending regulatory approval and Cerna's shareholders tendering of the majority of the outstanding shares in the tender offer. I, I think it's going to happen. The reason why I'm buying it right now, I like to have some sta- stability in my portfolio, given the fact that you can't really buy bonds right now. And I think I'll make the 5% in probably three to four months. And that's a long time period. I think for you're going to make the 5% sooner than that, man. You're going to make that money way sooner than that. I, you know what? They, they might be, uh, they might, they might give the risk um, premium there. It may stay around 5%. Until the CERNA shareholders approve it, I think I had to wait a couple of months on um, on nuance. But we're almost at fair value right now at ninety dollars a share. It may be a little bit more over. It may, it may be overvalued right now. Um, but the, but the, with the floor being about fifteen to twenty percent lower than where we're at right now, I don't count on CERNA shareholders rejecting this offer. Gotcha. I don't know, man. Morgan Stanley said it was a ninety-five dollar price target. Yeah, it, and that was so did before, Barclays, that, and that was before this offer. That was before they they put a ninety-five. So did the street, even though the street is bullish on just about everything. Um, <laughs> they put a ninety-five dollar target on it too before Oracle made the offer. So, right, the street's just bullish about everything. <laughs> they, that's that's honest, good, man. That's good. I like that. They, they put a lot of um, of effort and, and a lot of good thoughts into the report. So I read the reports from the street, but I, I their price targets, I, I give a grain of salt to the price targets because, I mean, it's very rare that you ever see a hold and it's much rarer when you sell 
writing from them. So, all right, man, what else you got for us? Here's something to think about if you're an Oracle shareholder, and this is another reason why I'm bearish on the Oracle side, but bullish on the Cerna side. Rising vaccination rates, and you can make this argument that rising vaccination rates and new COVID variants, this is going to fuel the digital transformation in healthcare. But this is a double-edged sword because the rising COVID rates with Omicron and, and what's happened to the hospitals over the past couple of years, this may mean, and probably does mean, that hospitals are going to have to budget crunch even more than what they're doing right now. Because there's been such a high cost of business for the hospitals right now. They've been so overcrowded. This may be a headwind to healthcare spending, which is what CERNA is going to rely on. They're going to rely on these hospitals to come out and buy their systems and, and, and buy their, their transformation into the cloud and stuff like that. If the hospitals don't have the money to do it. They're not going to be able to. All right. So here's where we disagree a little, buddy. I believe that a lot of these hospitals are already in the cloud and they're working together and they already digitized everything. Now, the stat you threw out before the show was about for every one hour someone does with a patient, they got to do two hours of paperwork. Paperwork, yeah. Right? I, I believe most of that, if not all of that paperwork is, is now digital in most doctor's it is. offices. Uh, and, and so... Two hours yeah, you, with a patient. You, 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 still have to, you still have to type up and do all that paperwork. The reason why you got to type all that up and do all that paperwork is because of malpractice. It's because of the lawsuits. It's because of lawyers. It's not. It's not be. It's not because there's not the the the, the system there. Someone's got to first put the information in. I mean, you, I guess you could you could do a, a mic like we're using and talking to the computer. I had one doctor who was doing that, talking to his computer, and it was bringing typing in all the information there. But I mean, like you it's pretty much digital right now. I mean, they could, there's ways to improve it and make it better. Yes. There's better computer programs out there. Yes. But I'll, I'll be looking more in terms of if I, if I want uh, medical technology, I want, you know, I would look more of like intuitive surgical that creates machines that can actually perform the surgeries without the need of a doctor. Maybe right now they, they need a doctor. Huh? Maybe Salesforce will buy intuitive surgical. <laughs> There you go, right? Um, but uh, you know, I mean that that's that's kind of where my head's at. I mean, I yeah, I see there's there's still there's still a desperate need for this, and I believe that most of these major uh, hospitals are already in the cloud, digital, working together and moving files quickly between one another. That it's there's no need for me to carry my X-ray from one place to another. You know, they they could just send it and they they get it right away. You know, it's all it's all done digital. It all it all did that after two thousand and uh, a lot of nine when the Affordable Care Act passed. There's a lot of paperwork they have to do and and uh, digital you know paperwork things like that they have to do to get around laws and regulations as well. HIPAA laws, uh, malpractice suits, all kinds of laws. Check this, sign this, approve this. You know, it's it's. And it's all because someone sued at one point in time, and now everybody has to do this. And this is this is unfortunately how it works. But you know, there's you know maybe there was a good reason for that suit at that time too. You don't know. That's all I got. Cool. <laughs> um, Terrible transition there. Right. It's just boom, <laughs> boom onto you, David. All right. Um, here's what I got, guys. I want to talk a couple things. I made two calls last week, so I want to cover this real quick. 
I was on here to end the show. I made the call on Cooler at 288. It was that's for the price it was at the time I made the call. I said 288 on the podcast. I said that's a buy. Back up the trucks is what I said. Load it up. Right now, I'm pulling it up as we speak. Cooler's at 307. I even posted on Instagram. Uh, I believe it was Thursday of last week. I posted on Instagram saying, Go ahead and sell. Cooler was at 321 at that point. I was like, you made a good amount of money, 10% or more. You know, take your profits, run. If you did Cooler, if you did Riot, you were up at that time because I said buy Riot. And I said my price point on, on Riot is 25. Um, if you bought Riot and you did not sell when I posted on Instagram and it was over 26, I said, you know, buy, sell both, take your profits, get out of them. If you're still holding Riot, don't worry about it. All right. You don't need to hurry up and sell. If you can lower your cost basis, lower your cost basis. Currently, Riot is sitting now. Let me pull it up. Riot is sitting at 2420. So you're not that far below 25. Riot will go above 25. You will make a profit on this. You just have to hold it. If you didn't sell Thursday of last week when I posted on the Instagram, uh, don't worry about it. You will make money on Riot. You just got to hold it a little bit longer than what we want to. Uh, we never like to uh, trade and hold for that long, but. Uh, don't worry, Riot's going to go back up. Bitcoin's not going anywhere. It's going to go back up no matter what Brandon says. And uh, it's a it's a good stock to buy, I believe, um, right now. So that's that was my uh, the review of my calls from last week. Looking ahead right now, we got NVIDIA at below 291, below 300. Is that a buy? Is not that a buy? I don't know. I got to see the news coming out because I'm worried about a recession. I'm not going to be calling any more buys for the last week of the year uh, just because I'm worried about what's going to happen with people moving funds around, people about the Fed interest rates, what's going on. I just don't know enough to make calls on the show like that. That's going to be my concern. Maybe I'll talk about that with Nick next week. But as far as oil, oil took a rise up, so all the oil stocks went up with it. It was good for the oil companies. They went up like Rising tides raised all ships, rig, Schlumberger, Exxon, XOM, APA. I'm looking at my list here. They all went back up. You know, will Tesla go back above 1,000 again? Yes. If you have enough cash to buy 1,000 shares of Tesla, go ahead and buy it because you're going to make money. Brandon says no, but Brandon, Tesla is Brandon's unicorn. If you don't know what a unicorn is, a unicorn is a mythical beast that you can never catch. Brandon has called Tesla wrong Numerous times. It, it shouldn't have dropped because, because <laughs> the, the, um, Joe Manchin came out and said he was going to block the uh, the spending bill, the infrastructure uh, spending bill. And I think Tesla unfairly got hit because of that. But but very high multiple growth tech, tech companies right now. I'm just not I'm not comfortable with it going into interest rate hikes and, and interest rates do matter to stocks. All right, yeah, but here's the thing: like, is there any competition, really, real competition in the Tesla? I mean, you nice, you got Rivian out there, you got uh, Chevrolet uh, pushing out electronic vehicles. Right now, for the next two years, is there a competition that you foresee for Tesla? Ford F one fifty Lightning, and I think that's it. Okay. All right, I'll give you that. Uh, Rivian, I think, is a different um, demographic. Than what would buy like it's, a sniper truck or, or a uh, model S. I agree. Rivian is a dem, uh, different demographic. And it's, uh, I believe Rivian, if you buy Rivian, you're the same type of person that would buy BMW. So I'm going to say this joke here. And it's just a joke, by the way. 
you know, this is a podcast where this is just a joke. If you ever think that uh, what you're doing doesn't matter, just think there's a guy at a BMW plant making turn signals. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Final thoughts, Brandon, lead us out, man. what you got? Uh, in regards to CERN up, you put a little bit of money into it right now. Don't put a ton of it just in case the CERN or shareholders do decide to decline it or in case there's some sort of regulatory issues that I uh, am missing. But I don't see any antitrust issues here. It's not making a Oracle. It's not making Oracle into any kind of monopoly. Uh, so you can get, you can dip into it a little bit and then um, buy a little bit more after the CERN or shareholders approve it. I do think that you're going to have some regulatory hurdles you're going to have some shareholder lawsuits and all that stuff this is all par for the course on acquisitions and anytime it dips uh you know below the five percent target if you can get like five percent five and a half percent then then you can buy into it and you can just sit on it i think and then you make your four and a half to five percent you get out i agree i like it man i like it uh, final thought for me, guys, if you bought Cooler last week uh, when I called it at 288, 290, somewhere around there, you're up right now. Sell, get out, take your profit, be happy with that. Right. If you bought it at 25 when I said to buy it at 25 um, and you did not sell last week and I posted a sell on Instagram, don't worry. It's going to go up. If you didn't lower your cost basis, maybe lower your cost basis a little bit. It's going to go up. You will make money. We'll be profitable on that. Don't worry about it. Have faith in the chinchillas. Like always, guys, if you want us to come talk at your university, social club, school, what have you, whatever it is, uh, work, um, reach out to us, DM us. We'll see if we're available, see if we can do it. Um, yeah, we, we don't mind at all. We don't mind doing like a live bo- uh, podcast. If that's what you want to do, we prefer Tuesday nights. That's the middle of the week. People are really into the market. It's a good time of night. But if you want to sound the weekend, we might do some kind of report, recorded uh, show for uh, people out there. Let us know. Reach out to us. DM us at Chinchilla Picking. Uh, we're on Instagram. We're on uh, StockTwits. We're on everywhere. We don't have any uh, TikToks up right now, but we are on TikTok. So if you want to follow us, and hopefully we'll, we'll, I'll put something up. I don't know. Um, but uh, give us a shout out. Let us know. Reach out to us. We're always here for you. Um, as always, we hope you've been entertaining, educational, and uplifting because we want everyone to make money. Have a good night. Have a good night. If you've listened to our podcast before, you know that we are good friends with the Money Vikings, and we think that they have a lot of good knowledge and, uh, I mean, just a wealth of knowledge to offer. Uh, About 60 years worth of knowledge and trading experience between the three, between Greg, Bob, and Jerry. Now, I have some good news for you, because they have announced a premium program it's the money vikings mvp premium content okay and i have to tell you this right now if you're if you're new to the market you have got to have somebody to mentor you through it because 75 percent of all new market entrants will lose all of their money in the first year and you have to have somebody that will guide you through it to to prevent you from making these mistakes that most people do. And with this MVP access, this premium content, you will get direct access 
to Greg, Bob, and Jerry on Discord. That's the most important feature of this program, in my opinion. They do also have access, well, they will give you access to other things, such as hot trades, weekly newsletters, technical analysis. Hey, it's ad-free. That's cool too, right? Guides and tutorials, tools and custom technical indicators, exclusive analytics and informative articles, and then, as I said, exclusive direct access to Greg, Jerry, and Bob, who have over 60 years of experience between them. Now, if you listen to this podcast, you need to get a pencil, and you need to get a paper, and you need to write this down, because you get 25% off. Once you go to moneyvikings.com and you sign up, you'll you'll get to enter in this code. It's capital T-M-V. P-1-C-K-1-N-S. That is all capital. T-M-V-P-1-C-K-1-N-S. An easy way to remember that is T-M-V Pickens, but the one replaces the I. So go to moneyvikings.com, claim your discount for being a Chinchilla Picking Podcast listener, and conquer your financial freedom.